Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Kukra. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're changing into English because we have a very, um, very important interview. Uh, joining us direct from ADE, where all kinds of dance music things happening. Francis Mercia, how are you doing? So, you, first, you played Barcelona recently in August, right? How did it go? It went really well. I played at Nizza for the first time, and it was uh, an amazing experience. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the city of Barcelona. I've been trying to play there for quite some time, and I was really happy to play right at the end of the summer. There were quite some internationals, but also some locals. So it was great, great show all over, and we actually sold out the venue. I mean, I was, I was going to say it was annoying for me because you were playing Barcelona just when I'd gone to France, and it was like two ships passing in the night. But uh, next hmm. time, but yeah, next, I mean, ho hopefully, I can come back soon. Totally, I hope so. And and speaking of Barcelona, um, how do, you've remixed a Barcelona icon, uh, Manu Chao. How did that Indeed. happen? I've been a fan of Manu Chao for 20 years, man. I've been listening to his music for such a long time. When I was like a teenager, like a little kid, I used to listen to Me Gustas Too, Bongo Bong, all, all his classics from the clandestino era. And Manu Chao, you know, is uh, a legend. And I always wanted to work with his vocals and do something. So during the, the pandemic, I, I had some time, so I did a bunch of remakes, including Premier Gao, I did City with uh, Amadou and Mariam. And uh, Manu Chao was also an artist that I was very fond of, so I had the chance to rework um, Bongo Bong. And I took some time, about two years, to try and reach out to him, to try and speak to the label, and they finally gave me permission. Did you meet him when you were in Barcelona? I didn't get to meet him, but we, we, we stayed in touch. Um, I think he was traveling at the time. He was performing in Eastern Europe, but um, we, we, we did stay in touch. And uh, hopefully I will get to meet him sometime soon. Because this is one thing I think um, I was reading about uh, what you've done. Obviously, you've sampled some amazing artists, Black Uhuru, Amadou Mariam. Um, and you're always very... Uh, very careful to get the right permission to get sample. Even if it takes years, you go for the right permission. Why do you take that approach? Um, I, I really respect the artists. You know, I'm, I'm all about collaborating. I'm all about giving recognition to the legends. You know, for, for me, there's been a lot of artists that have remixed Bongo Bong and done unofficial versions, released it on YouTube and SoundCloud, played it in sets. I always took the time, you know, and respected the artists not to release something without their permission. Just, I think, you know, it, me being an artist, me understanding how much effort it takes to make a record, I think it would be a violation to just release something without getting the right approval. So every single composition I've made, we, we, we seek the, the, right, the, the rights holders. Someone like Amadou um, Mariam, um, Legendary, legendary duo. Um, how do you explain what it is that you do? Do you do you go in there and say, "Look, I love this song, but I want to make something more modern out of it"? Do you do you try to speak to the artists themselves? Yeah, I mean, the best thing to do is first of all make the record. <laughs> so find a way to make the record. Stems or with with stems, whatever you can, just create a concept and you know try to play it, try to perform it see how the crowd reacts. If you feel like you have something, 
then you go back to the you can go back to the artist but most importantly you should try to find a record label that, that has the rights to it and if the record label is interested then they'll speak to the artist who will likely show interest if the record label is not interested then you go directly to the artist so do you have lots but, of do you have lots of unreleased things that you haven't been able to clear then yeah i have a few i have a few but there i can't say there's been things that i haven't been able to clear or typically there's always a way at least if you can't clear something on the master side maybe do a cover and then get the publishing cleared but there's ways to, to do to do the clearance that's i I've, I've, i'm convinced if there's a will there's a way <laughs> so you grew up in in haiti port-au-prince um, yes i gotta say it's not a place i know much about haiti what was it like growing up like both uh generally and musically uh, musically, it was an amazing experience because Haiti has, has a lot of internationals. There's a lot of influence from the U.S. as well as a lot of influence from France, Europe, Spain, and South America. You know, it's like right in the center of the, of the Caribbean. And there's people from all over the world. And I was lucky enough to go to international high school. So I had friends from Ethiopia who were really fond of reggae. I had friends from France who were just into Bob Sinclair, David Guetta, these kind of artists. Mm -hmm. People who were into Tiesto, and at the same time, you know, there was a big hip-hop influence. Artists like 50 Cent, Biggie Smalls, Tupac, Jay-Z, were very much relevant in the scene, on top of the national music, which is Rara and also Copa. So I think growing up in Haiti, which is an island in the middle of the Caribbean, it gave me a broad appreciation for music as a whole yeah and what, what something that always strikes me about uh haiti is that you you know you're on the same you you're you're an island along with the dominican republic and uh i get the sense that dominican republic has a very strong reggaeton influence in especially right now a lot of the artists apart from the cumbias and the batatas uh, whereas the haiti has its own thing as you were saying you have rara you have uh the, more of a haitian copa, copa. Copa. Yeah. Yeah, Copa indeed. Uh do, do 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 the do the streams cross? I mean, do you are are Haitians in touch with the 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 the, the party not, vibes not of really. the Dominicans? Not really to be honest with you. The reggaeton is not very much relevant in Haiti. Huh. That's interesting. It's although we're neighbors, I can't say that we share the same musical taste. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask if, even 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 the language, you know, in Haiti, they speak Creole, which is its own its own language. In addition to that, people speak French. Yeah, right. So they don't. Spanish is not <clears throat> a native tongue or something like that over there. Whereas in the Dominican Republic, there's no native tongue. It's just Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. So we have our own language and we <laughs> we have our own music. So you were apparently inspired to DJ um, after you saw an Armin Van Buren show. What was it about that that inspired you? I really loved the, so the sound, the, the music. I loved the production. I loved the stage and all the lighting. And just seeing someone give so much joy to such a large amount of people at the same time felt magical. 
And I was like, I got to give this a try. And so uh, you also, you went to the US uh, and you studied uh, applied math, maths. Um, my, my father, who was a maths teacher, he always used to say that music and maths are basically the same thing, which was an argument I found very annoying when I was younger. <laughs> but is, is he right? You know, I, I mean, you know, musical, uh, the, the scores and, and the notes, there's, there's definitely some arithmetic involved in there. But I wouldn't say it's, all, it's like a, a science. I think, you know, music is really a matter of, of taste, culture, and emotion, you know. Mathematics is, is more of an exact science, but... I can say the musical notes and correlation. There's, there's always a pattern that repeats itself. So you, um, you've been making music uh, for ages. I mean, your first release was 2014, right? Um, Correct. Quite when, some time. I mean, you were you were working really hard. You were studying in the US. You you were DJing. When did you start to feel that it was all taking off? To be honest with you. It always felt like it was going to take off, but it never really took off till uh, I can say two two years from two years ago. So it took me like about eight years to really to really see some results. And if you know, I had like a big record. My first record, 2014, was pretty big. It was I think number five Beatport main chart, um, which was like a moment for me. Um, but, and it was a moment, so I got a couple bookings, a couple promoters called. I was really excited. Then the second track was charting, we were trying. Got also some bookings, but nothing, nothing equivalent to what happened um, two years ago. Two years ago, I think, Premier Gao was like a really big hit coming out of COVID. Everybody wanted something different. So the public really connected really well with me. And I was able to really ride the wave in comparison to the previous years because I released City right after to really keep my profile growing. And I think I was much more ready to uh, seize the moment. Did it take you a long time to hit on your musical style? Or was it kind of there from the beginning? No, no, it took me a long time. I, I went through multiple, multiple music genres. I did Deep House at first, then I did Future House, then I did like more tech house and more, you know, defected style, classic house. And I was like, you know what, during the pandemic, I was like, you know what, let me just go back and do something that really speaks to me. Let's go with something more melodic, more Afro, something that I actually enjoy listening to. And it worked, man. I'm interested, like, all the different things you've sampled, like Amadou and Mariam, Black Uhuru, um, and uh, now... Uh, there's the new single Ya uh, Raya. Uh, apologies for the, the pronunciation, but like, is there? Do you think there's a thread going through the music that you sample and the music you make, like something that connects it? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think what connects the music that I make definitely is is an error. A lot of the tracks that I've been making are like from the late 1990s. Um, furthermore. It's all regional, right? A lot of the tracks are from like West and North Africa, and I'm sampling 
um, or Europe. So what I try to do with the music that I'm sampling when I'm selecting tracks, collaborators, I try to do music that's relevant to where I have my biggest fan base. So Yaraya was definitely uh, a homage to my big Arabic fan base. You know, we have like a lot of fans in Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Lebanon. So I really wanted to do something to showcase my appreciation for, for the public there and my performances there. I, I have a sort of theory which is, maybe it's nonsense, but it's a theory, which is like house music has become like one of the, the universal languages of music. Like if you go to South Africa, it's got house music. If you go to France, it's mm. got house music. Um, what do you think it is about house that adapts to so many different styles of music? Well, the, the, the house music, you know, it, it encompasses different genres. It, it's, it borrows a little bit of everything. You have like tech house, they sample reggae records, they sample rock and roll vocals, they sample pop records, right? They sample everything, rap vocals. So the house music is really, it's, it's a, you can manipulate any kind of music and really incorporate it to find the floor rhythm. And it's made for the dance floor, it's made for, for, for dancing most importantly. How do you, and, oh, sorry. And for me, it's a, it's a very accessible genre. So that's why I think in every place in the world, there's definitely going to be some appreciation for the style. How do you find it all, though? How, I mean, how, how on earth do you, you know, keep up as a DJ, but also find new and interesting songs to sample and people to work with? I try to work with music that inspires me. But over recently, it's been, I'm very grateful that because my project has grown, people actually reach out to me, record labels, sample owners. Now they reach out, they say, hey, Francis, would you want to work with us on this vocal, on this idea? Sometimes it's difficult and I have to say no, because I want to do everything. But yeah, it's an it's a interesting time to be around. It's interesting, um, t- in June 2022, um, you released A Bobble, um, which wasn't a sample. It was um, actually featuring Lenny August, who's um, uh, a singer born and raised in Haiti. Um, and he's singing a message, in hope, a message of hope aimed at fellow Haitians. Tell us about that, that record. How did it happen? And why did you decide to do it? Um, that record... You know, Night Freak approached me with with the beat at first, like two years ago, and I really loved it. Then I added my touch to it. Then I really wanted to get like a vocal that had a meaning. And my mother recommended this young singer from Haiti, and she was like, hey, I have this singer. She's really talented. You should do something with her. And I, I, I was like, ah, I'm not sure. Let me try. So I just sent her the track. And she said, I really liked it. And she recorded it on the cell phone. And she sent me the vocal and I was like, wow, this is a crazy idea. And I said, you know what? Tell me what you need because she's in Gunaive, which is like a more impoverished part of Haiti, unfortunately. And I was like, you know what? I will advance you funds, go to the capital, get a studio, record it professionally, whatever it takes. 
and there were actually protests um, in Haiti at that time. So it was quite challenging for her to go to the studio. Somehow we found a car that came to pick her up. We went to the studio and they recorded the vocals, they sent it to me. And it had so much emotion, so much energy. I think the track is, is uh, it has a significant message, but you can really feel how lively the message was and how much, how relevant it was to the time. Do you go back much to Haiti? Do you, do you DJ there? Unfortunately, I performed, I performed there um, quite some time ago. It was about uh, two years now. Um, and I don't really go back too often because it's, a, it's quite dangerous. I haven't played much in Haiti. I played only once, mm. which was two years ago, the first time. And how did that go when you did play there? Did they welcome you as like the, you know, the, the local hero? Uh, not, I wasn't the local hero just yet. I was just starting to trend. And people were really into it. it. It was a very meaningful performance because I've been always wanting to play there, but the promoters never took a chance. They never felt I had something relevant enough. So it was really an honor to be respected as an artist and to be invited. I think, you know, in Haiti, there's not many parties. But when they do throw parties, they try to invite the best of the best. Like in Haiti, you know, Avicii played, Steve Angelo, Sebastian Ingrosso, David Gett, like you can name all the biggest names have played in Haiti over the years. And they try to always during the December period, you do like really big shows. So to be invited formally to perform there is definitely has a lot of meaning for me. Hmm. Tell us about um, Yaraya, um, Win Masfair. Sorry, that is terrible pronunciation. Um, Yaraya Win Masfair. It's um, it honors Rashid Taha, and you worked with Taha's son on it as well. Mm. So, yeah, how did it all come yeah. about? Tell us about it. Uh, Universal reached out to me out of the blue. They were like, "Hey, we we, we have um, for Yashid Taha's five-year." Um, passing to remember the artist we'd like to release some compositions from him and i was like okay this is interesting then i went to check and i'm like oh yeah Rashid yeah yeah i know this track and they were like okay we have to do this in september 2024 so i was like okay i have some time i was like that's quite some time but okay i guess and I got on the call with them, and they're like, actually, it has to be September 2023. And I'm like, wait, come on, guys. We're in August. How can you want me to make a track with no stems from a different BPM, completely different style to recreate some song in two weeks? I can't do it. I'm on tour. I'm performing every day. They were like, please, you have to make it happen. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'll do my best. And yeah, it was really challenging, but I was able to put together some studio sessions with uh, Tunisian folk musicians. Really complicated to get like uh, the oud guitar re-recorded. Then we had the, the strings redone. It was a lot of work, man. Wow. And, and after doing the track, I sent it to Universal. They liked it. They were like, this is perfect. Then they're like, we're going to send it to Rashid's son for his approval. Then he heard it and he's like, oh, actually, Francis, there's some issues there. Some places where you play the oud, it doesn't really coincide with the vocal. So I want to re-record. So he actually called the original oud player from uh, who, who did the original, the original recording. Uh, 
1997. He came to re-record it at a different BPM. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then we had to like uh, tune the vocal because some parts were like going out of key. So it was a really challenging uh, composition. It took quite some effort to make. And all this, and you're thinking. No, it's great. It's great. It's just amazing that you managed to do that all in a in a month. Well, less than a month. It's it's very impressive. Yeah, just every day working, you know. And I'm very blessed to have an amazing team with me. You know, we were able to get like uh, talented artists on board, and that made a big difference. Look, it's been lovely speaking to you today. Um, appreciate you taking the time, um, taking time out from ADE. Next time you're in Barcelona, um, come and see us. It'll be it'll be a pleasure. I'm sure you'll be back soon. If you sold out the club, they they're going to want you back as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, we're, we're going to work on a date for 2024 for sure. Perfect. All right, well, have a lovely lovely time uh, in Amsterdam, and hope to see you in Barcelona soon. Take care. Thank you so much, guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Radio Primavera Sound. Proudly presented by Cupra.